When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Ram fans. This is Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at LA Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. One last injury update for this Cardinals-Rams game. Mentioned yesterday, Quinton Lake out. Ben Skowronik questionable. Cooper Cup a full go. And from the Cardinals side, a little bit worrisome for them. Their productive rookie wide receiver out of Stanford, Michael Wilson, is out. And on top of that, Marquise Hollywood Brown, their number one receiver, is questionable. So with Wilson already out, that would be a big blow to the Cardinals if Brown is also out. Continuing our series of aligning Rams who wore a uniform number that aligns with our episode number. This is episode 302. We're going to talk about our favorite number two. I think I'm speaking for all of us. Robert Woods, Bobby Trees out of Gardena, California, Unipero Serra High School, His senior year there, his team won the CIF Northwestern Division, and they defeated Oaks Christian in that game, breaking Oaks Christian's 34-game winning streak, and went on to beat Marin Catholic to win the CIF Division III State Championship. Robert Wood's a big part of that. Goes on to USC, finishes with 253 catches for 2,930 yards and 32 TDs. Left after his junior year, drafted by the Buffalo Bills, and his time there was not as productive as a lot of people hoped, and a lot of that had to do with a guy named Sammy Watkins. Woods playing second fiddle to him, and when the Rams signed him on March 9th, 2017, a five-year, $34 million deal with $15 million guaranteed, a lot of people said, hey, this guy hasn't really gotten it done in Buffalo. How can you give him that much money? Well, it was because Sean McVay and the Rams realized that he still had the potential to be a big-time contributor to a high-powered offense, and that's what he did with the Rams. Five years with Los Angeles, started 67 games, 367 catches for 4,626 yards and 23 TDs, also involved in the run game. Rushed for 485 yards and 5 TDs while with the Rams. Played in 6 playoff games over 3 seasons. And surprisingly, he ended up number 10 with the Los Angeles Rams career receiving yardage. 
and there is a pretty impressive list of guys above him. I mean, the Rams historically, their wide receiver group is just incredible. Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Tom Fears, Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch, Cooper Cup, Flipper Anderson, Red Phillips. So to get into the top 10, he joins a pretty good group. He moved on to the Titans since then, now with the Texans. This year, 28 catches, 286 yards, and a TD. And if you're wondering how he got that nickname, Bobby Trees, according to Woods, it had its genesis with the Buffalo Bills fan base. They just started calling him Bobby Trees, and he adopted it as kind of an alter ego for himself. He loved it. He became Bobby Trees in his mind when he stepped on the field, and he just ran with it and brought it to Los Angeles where it stuck. And Ram fans learned to love Bobby Trees for the fire he played with, the passion he played with. At least when I think of Bobby Trees, that's what I think of. Bobby Trees brings back a lot of good memories for Ram fans. Hey, before we get into our game picks, good time to take a look at the mock drafts that are already starting to pop up. Hey, it's a lot easier to criticize other folks' mock drafts than it is to produce my own this early in the game. And I had the same problem with a lot of these mock drafts. They clearly do not understand where the Rams roster is at at this point and what the Rams strategy might be in the draft. And some of them also don't have a grasp of what the Rams have in hand as far as the 2024 draft goes. One of them, I think it was the Draft Network, and this really disappointed me because they should know better. They started out their draft by saying the Rams have a dearth of draft picks. Here we go. It's already starting. The Rams have no draft picks. And for that reason, because they have no draft picks, they're going to trade back with the Buffalo Bills. I don't see that happening. Barring any trades, the Rams should start this draft with 10 picks. 10 picks in the draft, four of them will be comp picks. I mean, the average should be seven or eight picks, right? Rams have 10. That does not qualify as a dearth of draft picks. And I think, as I've stated already, the Rams are not going to use that same strategy as last year, trying to maximize the number of picks. I think they're going to try to maximize the quality possibly even try to trade up a little bit if it means sacrificing a pick or two. And I wanted to take a look at Pro Football Network's draft, the one they posted the other day. Some oddities that struck me. Drake May going first overall. I guess I could see that. Some people are cooling on Caleb Williams, but I think Caleb's still going to be the number one pick. I think Pro Football Network's maybe overthinking this. And hey, I love Bo Nix. I love him more every day, but the Pro Football Network has him going fifth overall. He may have worked himself up into the first round, possibly in the first half of the first round. I don't know how these guys are going to rate quarterbacks at this point. I love Bo Nix, and I'd love him on the Rams, but fifth overall, not sure I'm buying that. And when it comes to tackles, they have Joe Alta going before Alamuya Fashanu, probably butchering that name. Clearly the top two tackles, but everywhere I've seen, Fashanu is going before Alt. They also had J.J. McCarthy going ninth overall. I think that's high from, I've watched him play a little bit. I don't know. Just doesn't do a lot for me. And when it comes to the Rams pick, they have them taking Kool-Aid McKinstry, the cornerback. At that point, lots of good receivers on the board, but they've missed out on the top two tackles. Now, if Witherspoon walks, maybe we do take a cornerback. 
I think it's more likely the Rams will try to add to their secondary through free agency and maybe some later draft picks, but I'd be okay with Kool-Aid. I still think ideally one of these top tackles would fall to the Rams. Not a lot of left tackles available in free agency. Another oddity, they had Layatu Latu, the edge rusher out of UCLA, lasting until the 38th overall pick. That's in the second round. Then they had Durant selecting Brandon Dorius, the edge rusher out of Oregon. Now, if we like Byron Young as much as we think we do, I don't think the Rams are going to use a second round pick on another edge rusher. O'Shawn Mathis, maybe still some hope there. I think, again, they're going to use some of that free agency cash they have next year to add an edge rusher, an experienced edge rusher. And then in the third round, they have the Rams selecting a guard, saying that the Rams' offensive line needs a makeover. It needs a minor tweaking, but guard is not where they need help, especially if they re-sign Kevin Dotson. If they re-sign Kevin Dotson, they are not taking a guard in the third round. I can guarantee you that. They re-signed Dotson and they got Evila, Shelton, and Dotson coming back. They're not drafting a guard. Maybe they don't re-sign Dotson. Maybe he gets away from us. Then maybe perhaps they draft a guard in the third round. Or they plug Joseph Nopum in there. Third round guard, not seeing it. Let's get into the remaining game picks. Four games already in the bag. By the way, week 11, I went 10-4, and 3-1 and one so far this week. So overall, currently 101 correct, 67 wrong this year in my Rams up straight up picks. Let's talk about the Sunday games. New Orleans at Atlanta. This is a really important game in the NFC South. One team, I think, and one team only is going to come out of that division. It's going to be the division winner. And the Saints can really take a step in the right direction as far as that goes. And not necessarily eliminate the Falcons, but bury them a little bit. I think New Orleans defense will make the difference in this one. I will take the Saints. Desmond Ritter returning as the starter for the Falcons, by the way. I like the Saints defense, especially against the Falcons and this young quarterback so I'll take the Saints. Steelers at the Bengals. Now, Steelers, amazingly, are 6-4. and four. The Bengals have slipped to 5-5 five and five without Joe Burrow, of course. Now, if Burrow was playing, this would be easy. Take the Bengals in a heartbeat. Bengals are in a tough spot. And I hate to go with the Steelers in this one. By the end of this game, I might like Jake Browning more than Kenny Pickett, but I got to go with the Steelers, and I have a feeling I'm going to regret it. Jags at the Texans, another divisional matchup with a lot on the line. Jags 7-3, Texans 6-4. Man, they are coming on with C.J. Stroud. Two really good young quarterbacks in this one. Now, everybody seems to be rolling with the Texans in this one, but I'm going to go against the grain a little bit. I still think the Jags are overall the better team, so I will pick them. The 4-6 and six Bucks at the 5-5 five and five Colts. The picks on this one seem to be split down the middle. Colts are favored by 2.5, though. They are the home team. Baker Mayfield versus Gardner Minshew. And maybe this is what Tom Brady was talking about as far as his criticism about the quality of play in the NFL. I'm going to go with the Colts. And I'm admittedly picking with my heart here. 
We need the Bucks to get out of the way in this playoff race. One team less for the Rams to be concerned about. Big matchup in this one is the Colts running game. Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss facing off with a pretty good Bucks run defense. So Minshew's going to have to get something done in the passing game for the Colts to win, and I think they will. The 2-8 Patriots versus the 3-8 Giants. Wow, an old school Super Bowl rematch here, and this game could be dreadful to watch. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Patriots are actually favored by three. Late November and already a meaningless game. It means something for the draft order, but beyond that, not a whole lot. I'm going to go with the Giants. It's going to be a really ugly game. And, you know, you like to take Bill Belichick in ugly games, but I'm going to roll with the Giants. Another potentially ugly game. The 1-9 Panthers at the 3-7 Titans. Bryce Young versus Matt Levis. I think that's what this is going to come down to, but I'll take the home team. Another meaningless game. The 7-3 Cleveland Browns at the 5-5 Broncos. Broncos on a roll. Cleveland, that great defense. It's kind of difficult to assess the Broncos defense. You know, they typically are pretty good on that side of the ball, but this year they've really struggled, at least statistically. But then you remember, they gave up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins. So they're giving up, on average, 26 points a game. But if you take away that game, drops to 22. So regardless, this is a defense that hasn't been getting it done week in and week out, that's for sure. But this is not what I would call a scary Cleveland Browns offense. Pretty good run game. Looks like Dorian Thompson-Robinson will be getting the start. Haven't been a fan of Russell Wilson over the last few years, but he has been playing pretty well recently. Look for a defensive score in this game, and whoever gets that defensive score is probably going to win. I'm going to take the Broncos. Like I said, when in doubt, take the home team. The 7-3 Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders come in 5-6, and six, barely breathing. And the Chiefs, man, their wide receiver crew taking a lot of criticism, rightfully so. It really cost them a game last week. I think the Chiefs get it squared away and win this one. They are favored by 9, which seems like a lot. You know, people disrespected the Raiders last week against the Dolphins. I think the spread was 13 and a half, and the Raiders made a game of it. I'll take those nine points, but I think the Chiefs will win. The 6-5 and five Bills at the 9-1 and one Eagles. Hey, you know what? Earlier in the year, you might have called this a Super Bowl preview, but the Bills have not impressed. 6-5. and five. Wow, pretty disappointing. The Eagles just playing all-around really solid football offense, defense, the running game, the passing game. Where are the holes on this team? I think it's the one team that has what it takes to beat the 49ers in the NFC, and I'm crossing my fingers that happens. I think the Bills are going to show up and make a game of it. They have a lot on the line trying to hang in there in the playoff picture, but I don't think they have what it takes to beat the Eagles. Josh Allen is going to make a mistake or two, and the Eagles will take advantage and win this game. The 8-3 Ravens at the 4-6 and six L.A. Chargers is Brandon Staley on his way out, probably, almost for sure. Ravens favored by three and a half. And the easy take on this is to take their visiting Ravens. They're going to chew up this Chargers defense. You know, I'm tempted to take the Chargers, though. Sometimes they just surprise you. 
but I think they're going to have a really hard time containing the Ravens. They're going to have to put up a lot of points, and I think they'll hang. I think it'll be a close game. That three-and-a-half-point spread's probably spot on. The interesting thing about the Ravens is they've given away some games late, kind of like in the mode of your Los Angeles Chargers, the way they've given away games late for about a decade now. Which team's going to give the game away? It may actually come down to that, but I'm going to roll with the Ravens in this one. The Monday night game, the Bears at the Vikings. God, it'd be really great for the Rams if the Bears could figure it out and win this one. Vikings are three and a half point favorites. You know, Joshua Dobbs has been playing really well. Denver did a good job of slowing him down, though. Sometimes, you know, you get a new guy that comes in and everybody steps it up. Big pickup across the entire offense to help out their new quarterback. That may be wearing off here. Justin Jefferson not quite ready to come back, so I think the Bears have a shot in this. Another three-and-a-half-point spread. As much as I'd love for the Bears to pull this out, and some people are picking them, I I can't pick them. i got to go with the Vikings, but, uh, man, I would love for the Bears to win this. It would be great for the Rams' cause. Rams need some of these games to break their way, and a Bears win over the Vikings would be one such break. And we already talked about the Rams at the Cardinals in our preview. When I did that preview, I was unaware that two defensive starters for the Cardinals are out, Kaiser White and Leke Fotu. So they're banged up. The Rams get Kyron Williams back. Cardinals, of course, have Kyler Murray and James Conner back. It's going to be a good game. I think the Rams' offense gets it going, though. And the Rams' defense does just enough to contain Kyler Murray and the Rams' win going away. There you have it, my Rams up straight-up picks for Week 12. going to do it for this episode remember you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com and don't forget about our youtube channel our handle is at laramsup.com till next time keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there